I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. We've got a special guest today. His name is Kamal Moo. He's an attorney, music attorney from L.A., and he's written a new book called The Straightforward Guide to the Music Biz that I think uh, every songwriter should own. It's got a lot of great information in it. Uh, so the interview is a little bit longer than our normal interview, so we're going to dive right in, and we'll leave you with a song at the end. All right, everybody, welcome to the Songtown studio. Today we have with us virtually Kamal Moo, which is, who is a... Uh, music and entertainment attorney in LA and has written a fabulous book. So we're going to kind of be talking a lot about his book. And I want to read you a little bit of the, the press about it, kit about his book. Um, it says the music biz is challenging, scary, and full of the unknown entertainment attorney Kamal Moo wants to help you avoid mistakes along the way. It's a straightforward guide to the music biz is a must read for anyone looking for a clear simple and concise overview of how the music industry is organized and the typical contracts musicians and songwriters will encounter. In the straightforward guide to the music biz, Kamal Moo, an entertainment lawyer, breaks down the industry in a way that will both educate and support artists whose goals include success and hopefully stardom. As Moo notes, the purpose of this book is to be more of a reference handbook or how-to manual, so you'll find that I don't spend too much time discussing abstract legal or business theories. Also, that's why the chapter titles are so straightforward. I'm just trying to give you the distilled information as efficiently as I can. Hence the title of this book. You know, the thing I love about that is kind of our, our motto in Songtown is sort of um, to just give people real life experience of uh, here's what works as a songwriter. It, you don't have to necessarily know music theory. You don't have to know fancy terms. You just need to know how it works on the street. And I love, um, and what I've read of your book, it really takes that approach as well. So just tell us a little bit about you and then, and why you wrote the book. And then I've got a few questions for you. Great. Yeah. And thanks for having me. I really appreciate being here. Um, yeah, it's it, the book actually really came out of the idea that, um, you know, I think musicians need this information. I've realized that over the years, I've been a lawyer for several years and, I feel like half my job is explaining the law to my clients and I'm happy to do so because I think that it's important for them to know, you know, what they're getting into with their contracts. Um, so the reason I wrote the book is a lot of questions kept on popping up over and over and over again. For instance, uh, I'd have clients who would send me a contract and say, could you please translate this to me into plain English? So I'd write like a memo breaking it down so they could understand it. And it's the same stuff over, over and over again, you know, publishing, songwriting, um, copyrights, stuff like that. So I definitely, um, I, I, felt, I felt like there was a need for it. And that's why the book is so straightforward and condensed because these are conversations and these are explanations I've given hundreds of times to clients. So I just kind of have broken it down into a very simple way to you know, communicate the information that's not too flowery, not too dense. Um, and so that's where the book came from. I think it just out of necessity. I think there's a, you know, a lot of my clients just had a need for it. Yeah, and, and something I read in the book, you talked about just how much not knowing how things work can hurt you. What are some instances of that you've seen of that, of someone being unaware of something and then they're shocked at how, you know, how things turn out? So uh, a few years ago, I had a client who um, he was a, he's a record producer and he was hired to produce a, a song for this uh, young singer. She was 16. So she, she couldn't sign a, a contract. You know, she was underage. Uh, he wrote the contract himself. The contract made no sense. She signed it, you know, like I said, she was underage, she was a minor, she couldn't sign it. The song went on to make a lot of money online. And then she got a really good lawyer, and then he ended up getting nothing. 
Um, and I think it, it's, it's, it goes to show that, like I told him, I said, well, there's not much I can do for you at this point, you know, after the fact. I said, you know, had you come spend a little bit of money with me, you could have tried to protect yourself better. So I think that you have to prepare for yourself, prepare for your career as if you're going to be successful, because I think that um, there are definitely a lot of clients who I've run into who've spent a lot of money on recording and promoting and all that, but they haven't gotten any contracts in place. So they're not legally protected. And I always just say, look, you know, if you're going to spend all this money and time creating your music and putting it out there that you should really protect yourself on the legal side. And so I've just seen that a couple of times and it's just, it's heartbreaking because, you know, these songs go on to do well and then you're trying to clean it up after the fact and it turns into a nightmare. And yeah, so that's why, um, you know, I've, I've just seen it over and over again. And that's why I'm trying to help prevent that. Yeah. Uh, someone reached out to me this week who 12 years ago, he had a song that became kind of viral in the Christian worship music and he had not registered it anywhere. And he's still trying to try, you know, figure out how to get this paid for that song. It, it is a sad story. What, as far as it relates to songwriters, because most of our audience is songwriters, what are the most important things for them to know just on a basic level? Well, I think that they should understand uh, music publishing. I think that, um, and I, you know, and there are people working in the industry today who just don't really understand it. I had a friend a few years ago who was a Grammy award-winning songwriter, didn't know where his money was coming from, didn't know anything about music publishing. So I just went to Starbucks with him one day and sat down and just explained music publishing. Um, so I think that's understanding what mechanical royalties are, what public performance royalties are, you know, what's ASCAP and BMI, um, what's a synchronization license. I think just getting familiar with these terms and they sound scary because they're not, you know, it's not intuitive, um, <clears throat> but they, it's, it's something that I think it's, it, it's important to learn, uh, you know, what these licenses are, where this money comes from and how you can benefit as a songwriter. Um, and that's why you know, one thing I put in the book is just, I go through all those terms and what they mean. Um, and I think education is just the, the key thing. You just have to educate yourself a little bit about the industry and you don't have to become an expert, just sort of, but at least know the basics so you know what's going on. Yeah, I think for a lot of songwriters, it's kind of like the dog chasing the car. It's like they don't think about what they're going to do when they catch it. You know, it's like if you do right. put something out and it's successful, uh, they haven't put any thought into that. And I think that sometimes it can be a big failing of creative people that you know, we, we're not always the most organized people and, and we're not always um, thinking ahead. We're maybe we're more in the moment. You know, I love the, the I'm going to give an example of a chapter title and some of the topics. The, uh, it's chapter two is I'm, I'm a songwriter. Now what? Uh, and it covers what's a mechanical license. How do I get paid for mechanical license? What is streaming? What's the right of first use? What's a compulsory license? What's the best way to get a compulsory license? And I actually, I've done this for 25 years and I, I learned several things in that chapter um, about um, getting a license from Harry Fox, for instance, and how, how that works and that you can do it online. You know, so I, I love that it's broken down into just really simple um, categories. What about songwriters that are releasing their own music? Because more and more we have people in Songtown that are doing that as well. What are some things they need to know and to, to watch out for legally there? Um, so <clears throat> when you're releasing music yourself, I think the important thing is to make sure, for example, if you're collaborating with other songwriters, you should have a split sheet in place, which really shows who owns the compositions and how the money is going to get divided once it comes in. That's really important having those things documented. 
Um, also, just on a more just basic level, uh, when you're putting out music, you need to make sure it's registered properly. It has uh, the metadata embedded inside of it. It was what's called the ISRC codes, so that when it's played on Spotify or you know any kind of uh, platform, it's trackable, and then you're paid properly for for the songs. Um, you know, I, I know a really good um, A&R administrator or label services person, that's kind of interchangeable term, and she does that. She'll help people set up their releases and register everything properly with sound exchange with, you know, ASCAP or BMI and, you know, make sure the ISRC codes are embedded properly. And that's the stuff, that's the stuff, like you said, you know, creative people don't want to think about it. That's the kind of the boring sort of, you know, business aspect of it. But it's important because if you want to track your plays, know how your song is doing, you need to do that stuff. Yeah, I don't know how many times I've had people tell me, you know, I, I got, you know, 30,000 plays on YouTube and I didn't get paid anything. And I'll say, well, did, how did you, you know, did you set it up and register everything? And they'll be like, no, you know, I just put it on there, you know, and and I guess people think sometimes, you know, I, I'll just put it up there and somehow they'll figure out who I am and where to send the checks, you know. Right. Those, those, right. those are great pieces of information. What about, um, I'm going to read some more chapters too. Like I'm starting a band. Now what? I just got offered a record deal. Now what? Um, and you talk in there, a lot of great information in, in that, that I think artists need to know. Um, I want to start my own indie record label. Let's talk about that one a minute, because essentially when people are putting out their own music, they are starting their own indie record label. Um, right. What are some of the things, because, you know, some of the topics you cover are how do I form an LLC in California? What's an operating agreement? Um, if you're going to if you're going to function as your own label, are there other things that that people need to be aware of and do as well? Uh, yeah, no, you need uh, the good advisors. I need a good CPA, hopefully a good lawyer, because I think that, you know, when you're launching any kind of business, you need proper guidance, um, especially if you're not used to running a business. And I think that a record label, you have to just think of it like a business. And I know a lot of artists don't really, like you said, they don't really put that and they don't, you know, have the aptitude for that. But I think it's important to have good advisors around you and sort of um, make sure that you have a good strategy in place. Like what's your release strategy? How are you going to put the records out? Um, you know, what's what's your promotional strategy? Because I've, I've seen it too many times where excellent records are made, but if you don't have a good promo strategy, no one's going to hear it. You know, no one's going to put it out there. It's like when I made, I put out my book, I got a PR guy and I, he helped me like, you know, reach out to people like you and, you know, just, just get it out there in the world because, you know, I think the book, I think the book came out pretty good, but you know, if no one sees it, then what's the point? So I think it's, it's thinking about all of those different aspects of uh, starting a label. It, it's tricky. It's tough. And I think, you know, like I said, a good advisor will help you there. I'll confess this year, I had a Christmas song that I wanted to release on my own this year. And by the time I, I got around to doing it, I, I mean, it came out the the day after Thanksgiving, which was fine. But when I talked to people who knew what they were doing, they were like, well, you should have started talking about this six months ago. And, you know, they told me steps I should have done, you know, and, and I was just thinking, well, put it out around Christmas time. People will find it, you know, but there's millions of songs out there and they're not going to find it, you know, if, if we don't have a plan it, in place. Right. And I think right now it's so easy for people to put out music on Spotify and different things. It's accessible to almost everybody. So um, it, it's hard to stand out. Right. So you need something to sort of think about how am I going to stand out from the crowd, you know, like in the Christmas crowd or, you know, whatever genre your music is in. And it's tough. It, I mean, in that sense, it's easier to get your stuff out, but then it's harder to stand out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and then, you know, people will wonder, I'll, I'll look at my Christmas song and go, wow, I just got like, 
35 plays or something in three weeks, you know, and it's because nobody knew about it. And I didn't, I didn't start in time, but there's next Christmas. Um, <laughs> let's talk a, a, a little bit about work for hire agreements. Cause you've, you've got a section about that. And that's a, something that we get questions about all the time because uh, we'll have someone, let's say a songwriter writes a song, they demo the song and it comes out great and they want to release it and they didn't get work for hire agreements from the singer or from the track, you know, the track builder or producer. Um, what are some work for hire agreements that you recommend for a songwriter? Yeah. So in that case, definitely you'd want a producer agreement. And if, if a, um, you know, if you have a producer who's work you're working with, they should definitely sign something. If they contributed to the songwriting as well, they need to sign the split sheet as well for the composition. Uh, the work for hire language is going to apply to the sound recording and they're going to grant you all their rights in the sound recording. Um, same thing with, yeah, the artist uh, who's, who's performing, you're going to have some kind of artist deal with them. Uh, it could be a total buyout. We just pay them a flat fee and that's it. Or they can get royalties on the back end or a combination of the two. Um, and it's going to say the same thing. They're going to give you all the rights to the sound recording so that, you know, you don't have any issues there. Um, and the reason you need this is because uh, the default view of the law is that if two or more people contribute to the creation of a, of a copyrightable work, like a sound recording, then automatically they're, they're equal co-owners. So that's like, you know, if there's two, you and you and I create a sound recording, we're equal co-owners automatically. If four people create it, they're equal co-owners. So in order to avoid that problem, you need to sign a work for hire. And then those people will assign those rights over to a record label or the person who's paying for the recording. And uh, then, then you have the unrestricted right to re release it because it's yours at that point. And if you don't do that, that person can make a claim that they have, ha they own half of that sound recording. If they did the Correct, track, yeah. for they instance, some, yeah. some trouble later on. Yeah. Yeah, and that would not be good if it goes on to be very successful. Well, right. um, tell us just a little more about the book. Other thing, I, you know, I don't want to just go through and read the the titles, but you know, just tell us a little bit more about um, who you think could benefit from it, uh, where they can get it. We're going to put a link in the show notes uh, and that kind of thing. But uh, I'd love to hear from you. Just you know, who you, who all you think could benefit besides songwriters and and artists. I think that anybody who is you know, a working musician, you know, um, even if like there's a chapter on touring, for example, if you're going to go on tour, there's some useful information in there and what that looks like. Um, I think any working musician or anybody who's just interested in getting into the music business. I know a lot of uh, younger kids who are, you know, you know, they're in college, they're in high school, they're interested in a career in the music business. They don't know how it works necessarily. I think just anybody who's curious about the industry and just wants to know more about it. Um, the one reason it's it's short, it's like a like a hundred pages, a little bit less than a hundred pages, uh, is because I wanted it to be a kind of a good introduction. I think there are a lot of great music industry books out there, but they're like five hundred pages long, and you know I don't know many eighteen year old kids that are going to go pick up a five hundred page book and just read it for fun, you know, about the music industry. Mine is like a quick one; you can read it in like a day or two, and it'll give you a nice solid foundation, um, you know, that you can sort of build from. Um, you know, I don't like I, like you know like. Like I said, it's not it's not like I go deep, super deep into each topic because I want to keep it just an introductory sort of level. Um, and I think anybody who's just interested will will find will get something out of it. You know, so far a lot of people who I know who have read it have really said you know that it's been very helpful. There's even people in the industry who I represent who have read it and say, "Wow, this is you know I learned some stuff that I didn't know." And so I think you know that that's that's hopefully the people that it'll appeal to. Just anyone who's curious about the music business. And uh, you, uh, you mentioned somewhere in the book or in the, in the press kit about that you, your goal was for it to be sort of a reference manual, not a novel, 
which which I think is great because you can eat very easily find the topics you feel like you want to learn about and go there and kind of get that that base um, knowledge enough that if you talk to a lawyer or you got a contract that you could have a, a reasonable conversation about it which I think is great. You also mentioned, and we'll say that about this conversation, that this is not legal advice. It's just uh, information about how things work in the business. And if you get a contract, you say somewhere in the book, also go talk to a lawyer. Don't, don't think that you can just read this book and you know enough about the contract to, to negotiate that or, or to sign it, which I thought was great advice, but, but it is super important to understand what's being talked about it. Uh, if you get a contract and uh, if you go to talk to a lawyer so that you'll kind of understand what, what's going on and you can ask educated questions. Yeah. And, and I um, definitely throughout the book, I say that it's like, Oh, you know, I say it like multiple times. Cause I don't want anybody to think that, yeah, you're an expert after reading this book, like you said. Um, but I also, there's also a chapter in there about finding a good manager, lawyer, and, you know, um, agent. And in the lawyer section, I say, you know, it's important to just spend the time, find a good lawyer who's going to really look out for your interests. Um, I, like, like we mentioned earlier, there's been a lot of people who I've run into who've just been caught in terrible contracts because they didn't have a lawyer and they just signed what was put in front of them. Um, and I understand too, I hear from a lot of artists too, that they're kind of intimidated by entertainment attorneys. Um, I think that it's just, you have to approach it like, you know, you have to find the right fit. You know, I'm a very laid back kind of guy. I'm not intimidating. I, I, I've, I've had clients come to me and say, oh yeah, my last lawyer made me feel like an idiot. They talk down to me and I, and I tell them, look, I'll never do that to you. That's not how I do business. And I think it's just finding the right fit, you know, the right person for you. Um, and I think it's, it's just kind of, you know, looking at it like, you know, we're just trying to help. I mean, at, at the end of the day, a lawyer is an advisor and they're an advocate and they're just trying to look out for your best interests. So um, I think it's really important to, in any situation, if you're offered anything having to do with your music, any kind of contract, get a good lawyer. Exactly. And you, those of you in podcast land can't see, but Kamal has on a t-shirt, not a suit and tie. So he's not <laughs> your stereotypical lawyer. Well, we'll put, I don't like uh, wearing suits. <laughs> uh, me either. That's one of the reasons I became a songwriter. I rarely have to wear a suit. Um, thank you for being here. We'll put, uh, links to the book in the show notes and if there's any other information you want me to put in the show notes as well we'll do that as far as if people want to contact you uh, for any reason we can put whatever you want there but thanks for your time thank you really appreciate it and uh yeah hopefully if anybody has any questions feel free to reach out i have a website and everything and um you know if anyone has any questions definitely don't hesitate all right thank you take care Hope you enjoyed that and you got some good information from it. Um, if you want to learn more, check out his book, The Straightforward Guide to the Music Biz. And it's got answers to uh, tons of your questions, I'll predict. We'll put a link to it in the show notes so you can uh, check it out on Amazon. All right, we're going to leave you with a song called Capital T. It's by a Songtown artist, Jackson E. Rain. And it was written by Bonnie Ryan and Hill Kirkukas. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next episode.